Good morning. It's seven minutes after 11 o'clock. And uh, I was reading the uh, Columbia Spittoon this morning. Uh, and they were talking about this uh, LGBTQ thing. It's uh, it, the, the, the group is a socialist group. You know, there was a time, I, I know a lot of you under 30 probably don't know this, but there was a time when if you said socialist or communist, people realized instantly that you were an idiot and an enemy of the state. Because socialism and communism are the exact opposite of free market. Socialism and communism uh, are the, the opposite of freedom. And people used to know that, uh, mostly because we were free for a long time. And as the socialist movement started in growing, freedom started shrinking, people recognized this. Uh, but there's a story in the Columbia Spittoon. Uh, these groups will urge Columbia City Council to become LGBTQ sanctuary city. So Columbia will be a sanctuary city. <laughs> the hell does that mean? I'm sure you're wondering. <laughs> uh, Mizzou Young Democratic Socialists of America and Mid-Missouri Democratic Socialists of America want Columbia to be a sanctuary city for LGBTQ community. Well, the socialist thing should right away tell you that these people are just stupid. They're just idiots. Socialism does not work. And you know, I, I, I took part in a discussion. Uh, uh, this was done at the university, I think about a year and a half, two years ago. And there was a, a socialist professor and his socialist student who wanted to be a reporter. God, that terrifies me. And every time you mentioned a socialist state, they said, oh, no, no, no. No, that wasn't a socialist state. Venezuela is not a socialist state. You know, it, it was every socialist, every failed socialist state they denied was socialist. They finally came up with some third world country, some someplace in South America that they said was socialist and it was a success. And see, they proudly said this is the place uh, where, uh, you know, socialism flourishes. And it turns out uh, the, the guy that runs the country calls it socialist, but he allows the underground free market to work, and that's not a socialist state. Anyway, they plan to introduce a proposal at the next city council meeting that includes a draft ordinance with the aim for first, uh, for first reading on November 20th. And they hope to get it adopted by early December. And I would not be surprised if the city of Columbia somehow manages to pass this. But they want the Columbia Police Department to put their lowest priority on enforcing current and any future laws, either state or federal, that negatively impact the LGBTQ community. These... These people are arguing that if a law negatively impacts the LGBTQ community, you should try not to enforce it. So if two people are, if there's a heterosexual couple 
and a gay couple, and they're both having sex in the street, arrest the heterosexual couple and ignore the gay couple because that law that says you can't do that in the middle of the street negatively will impact the gay couple. Uh, that's, that's what I'm seeing here. <laughs> the ordinance recognizes the unconstitutionality and infeasibility of any current or future laws. Um, this, this, they, they want gender-affirming care bans uh, for LGBTQ youth. Uh, their participation in sports, respectively, laws that would gather uh, and and reveal a person's biological information, laws banning drag shows or story hours and public restroom access. These are idiots in search of a problem to protest. Everything that's going on in the world today and you're worried that some guy who thinks because he's mentally screwier than you can imagine uh, is a girl and wants to play in the girls' soccer team. This is the one thing. This is what you're concentrating on? This is what worries you? The proposal has received the endorsement of the Center Project, Mid-Missouri's LGBTQ Resource Center. Follows in the footsteps of similar, similarly positioned cities, including Kansas City, Lawrence, Kansas, uh, which passed resolutions and, ordinance, uh, and ordinances in May and July, respectively. This is how the, this is how the idiots move from, from city to city, community to community. This is just stupid. All the things in the world, this is, this is it. You're, you, you don't want to fight to save your own currency. You don't want to fight to get a better education, a real education. You, this is what you, this is your, your concern. The fact that you think transgender is normal and healthy and that you think socialism is normal and healthy tells me that you're not normal or healthy. These people are crazy. They are absolutely crazy. Uh, the Columbia Spittoon wrote it. Uh, it is a uh, staff report. And uh, I don't even know where to... I don't even know where to go with it. I, I, I see so many crazy stories anymore. That I... It's like, here, here it is. Here, here, I'll give it to you on a plate. Do with it as you will. It's crazy. They've... Current and prospective... LGBTQ students increasingly view Missouri as a state where they're denied the ability to live their lives without interference, fear, and oppression. How is, can you tell me, can any member of this community call me and tell me exactly what, uh, what transgressions have occurred to hurt gay, the gay community in, in Columbia? Are the cops, like, looking for gay people and beating them up? I, I don't think so. What, what's, what's the beef here? Columbia must take, uh, must take to protect the lives of transgender and queer Missourians. 
Columbia Police, and I don't know all of them. I, I know quite a few of them. Columbia Police, if they see somebody beating up a transgender, will stop and arrest whoever it is causing the harm, this beating on this person. They don't care what you wear. They don't give a rodent's rectum how you dress or what mental problem you have that makes you think you're a member of the opposite sex. Columbia Police will stop the beating. If you're transgender, gay, straight, male, female, whatever in the hell you are, the Columbia Police Department will do the best they can to protect you if they catch this, you know, in the act. Now, you understand they can't be everywhere at once, but this, this whole law is just stupid. Just a complete waste of taxpayer money and even consideration. Just go away. All right, we're up against the clock. we got to take a quick break. Uh, two Columbia high schools get grants for eSports equipment, and Brian knows something about eSports. We'll talk about it next on the Gary Nolan Show. Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 20 minutes after 11. The vote is uh, coming up on uh, Mike Johnson to be the uh, next Speaker of the House. It'd be nice if they would just... Uh, all get in line and say, you know what? We're fiscal conservatives, and we we're all be, we're all behind this guy. Just get it the hell over with. He is the uh, latest nominee for the House Speaker. They do uh, a whip count before the vote, right? Well, they usually do. But he, what's different about this is that apparently last night when they met, nobody said they wouldn't vote for him. Everybody else had a few people who said, "No, I'm not going to vote for that guy." But nobody said no uh, to Mike Johnson. Uh, he is from Louisiana. He is a uh, member of the House GOP leadership team. Fourth Republican nominee. Um, and they're going to have a floor vote. Johnson won the majority behind closed doors. Uh, and he's going to need uh, just about every Republican in the roll call to win. Uh, and I think I think they might just... They just might do it. Uh, and it's about time. The upside to not having a speaker is uh, I don't think they could authorize any more spending, Brian. Yeah. It's almost a good thing. I know. And it's going to come to an end. Uh, the problem is they'll make up for lost time. They'll spend money that, uh, <laughs> that, that, they, haven't, that they won't make for several years to come. Uh, but it, it appears that he has uh, no opponents... And uh, nobody is backing away from the guy. So I think, I think this might do it. I think we might have our new Speaker of the House. He wasn't MAGA. Uh, so he, he's practically nobody when you get right down to it. And it's funny, all the high-profile candidates they threw out there failed. But... This guy, who, who sort of blends into the woodwork, just might get it. That finally will put an end to this nonsense. We'll have a Speaker of the House. We'll let you know if the vote happens between now and the top of the hour. In the meantime, that would be at 12 noon, Central Time. In the meantime, apparently a couple of schools are getting some funding for eSports. At first, I was a bit concerned, but it turned out that the money is private. 
Um, CPSF uh, gets funding through private donors. They were established in 1996, according to the Columbia Missourian. Uh, and they are committed to funding projects in Columbia Public Schools. And I'm kind of happy with this. And Brian, you're one of your one of your uh, sons was into esports and doing pretty well, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, it was uh, something brand new to me. I had never heard of it. This was probably oh, I don't know, six years ago or so. When we went to uh, Columbia College and they have their own esports uh, type uh, athletic department there. And I was like, what is that? And he says, well, we compete with other uh, colleges that do the same thing. And this is a money-making venture. Apparently, people pay to watch these athletes who play esports online. Are they actually athletes, though? I mean, there's... Well, not- that's that's debatable. I mean, it's it's an intense thing to be involved in, you know, this video competition. And, yeah, they actually make you work out in these weight rooms. It's not just playing on computers all day. You actually... <laughs> They have a like a gym and these, I don't know the whole story, but they're not just sitting there all day. You know, they, they teach a lot of things about, uh, you know, coordinating with your fellow players. players, And, and he managed, and he, he was getting uh, some kind of scholarship, wasn't he? Yes. In fact, um, the thing that really amazed me is that there's millions of players in this League of Legends is what it was called. I've never seen the game personally, but Bob was in, like, the top 200 at one point. And, I mean, out of millions <laughs> of players, how, how is that possible? You're in the top 200? Oh, my God. That's you incredible. mean, you, what kind of father are you? You didn't go to one of his games? <laughs> my God, man. I know, I know. But, yeah, it, uh, and I guess it's still going. You know, the schools throughout the United States are doing the same Esports uh, type of activities. It's uh, it's amazing. Now, private funding for that? I have no problem with it, and I guarantee you they will be really careful how they spend that money because you know they can't demand it from anybody. They got to spend what they get, so they're going to be careful. Uh, on the uh, Tribune article, Trisha is on the line. Trisha, good morning. Good morning. Yes. Um- well, the library will not be outdone with uh, finding out about um, how being um, belonging to a confused group affects how you travel around the city. I was there yesterday, and right inside the entry is a little table with a survey on how you um, get around Columbia. And there's a half a page related to all the the genders and the the binaries and everything identify with to help the city of Columbia with their free bus system get you around town. (laughs) Why? That's all. I I just want to know why. I filled out the questionnaire and I asked them why, what does somebody do with their crotch have to do with riding the bus? Well, you know, they're probably getting a little desperate, Tricia. They've been trying to save the bus system for at least seven, eight years that I know of, uh, and they have not, they, not only have they not broken even, uh, they keep losing more and more money. So maybe this is the, the key to their success. People who don't ride the bus to pay for the bus fares. 
Well, that's what's going on now. <laughs> oh, that's good. Interesting. If everybody, I don't know if it's online or if it's at other places to fill out this survey on how to best get around Columbia, and and uh, so fill it out, stuff the box. Well, I can I can tell you how to best get around Columbia. I've been doing it for years. Get a damn car. Well, yeah, and that one, and they want to know: Do you feel safe riding the bus? Oh, I don't know about the bus, but I feel safe riding my car. I, well, yeah, I feel safe in the car, and and can you are you safe walking the streets? And do we need better sidewalks? And I mean, there's a whole list of things to consider there. Yeah, I, I just thought the I, public ought to know that you can go to. I don't know where else it is. It's something Como local. Get around town, something. But hmm. what was it called, Brian? That whole Como transportation bicycle thing. The oh, I can't. Yeah. Rem- can't remember. Oh, that's now. This is this is different, huh? This is different. Yeah. Send your research person to the library and get a copy. <laughs> I'm not setting foot in that <laughs> government building. All right, Trish. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to have you on the Gary Knowles Show. What were you doing in that government building, Tricia? <laughs> the bus system. How do you try? You want to travel? The best way to travel in Columbia it can be frustrating because speed limits are aspirational in Columbia. They, it's a, let's say 50, uh, people will be doing 35. But as frustrating as that is, it's the best way to get around. Maybe can, we should do a study on the bus system. I was just thinking, you know, sitting here by myself. Wondering, hmm, we got to make this work, and maybe we could conduct a study on how to make the bus system profitable or how to make it work. Just you know, why we should continue to have the bus system because you know it's in so many major metropolitan communities now, and we're not making it's free, of course, right now. But you know, profit schmoff it. It's easy for you, you to really, say. Yeah, it is hard to say. <laughs> Try it. Profit schmoffit. Hey, you did it. Yeah, that's I, they pay me the big bucks for, for this. I so, mean, why? Why do you need to do another study? Come if on. If you've got a product that you can't give away, and we mean that literally, if you've got a product you can't give away, it's so useless, why would you keep throwing money at it? I wonder how many city officials ride the bus wouldn't that be interesting to know yeah you know how many zero well you know they're they're on their bicycles yeah uh-huh yeah right. trying to prevent because the entire globe is going to get cooler when they ride bicycles in columbia missouri it's it's a useless service they've got a product they literally can't give away it's free, and they can't generate a full bus. Has anybody seen a bus that was actually full? <laughs> no. I remember when that fire hit that battery-powered bus, and all two people came filing out. I know. I mean, two people. And I think one of them was the driver. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. We're crazy. Oh, man. You know what? Wait a minute, Brian. I have a solution. I know what we can ride around in. I'll tell you next on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show.
1135. Glad to have you with us. By the way, Brian, we were talking about the uh, transgender community. They had a law in Japan. <laughs> they just struck it down now. But they said if you wanted to say that you're a transgender, you'd have to have your reproductive organs removed. Oh, so my. if you said you're a guy, or if you said you're a girl and you're a guy, they would have to remove your testicles and, and all the rest of that equipment. Um, and the, the J- Japanese Supreme Court just said, no, <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, that's amusing. That's closer to right than, well, anyway. Uh, New York Times. New York Times. The old gray lady, she's uh, not what she used to be. Uh, this whole, the, the parking lot that got uh, bombed, uh, that Israel uh, showed proof the missile came from the other side. Apparently, they're not... Uh, they, they don't believe it. This is the uh, Ali uh, Hospital in Gaza. The missile came from Gaza, landed in the parking lot of this hospital. A lot of people got killed. They got the voice uh, of a, the, a conversation of two Palestinians saying, oh, that was us. Oops. And apparently the New York Times isn't. Yeah, they haven't decided yet on uh, whether or not, you know, they're. There's so much evidence out there that uh, Israel uh, is responsible for, you know, deliberately doing this act. I haven't seen any evidence that they well, did they, it, much they, less they deliberately. Have. They have, yeah. The only thing I'm hearing is from Al Jazeera and uh, the Palestinians. Well, they kind of hooked up with Israel for this incident. Ah, uh, I see. <laughs> God. Why would you trust them for anything else? Why would you trust them? Why don't they just come out and say, we don't know, you know, other media sources are saying this. Our investigation hasn't, you know, but they're still sticking to it. Maybe they could just say, look, we're really anti-Israel. <laughs> yeah, that might work, too. And this is why we're saying it the way we're saying it. That That's perhaps the... The most honest way for them to handle it, if they could. Uh, what are we getting here on the votes? Uh, time remaining. House Speaker vote. Republican 217. That, wait, whoa, what? Oh, that's present, not voting. So they're going to do the vote next, I guess. It'd be nice if they would hurry up and do the vote, Brian. Um, it would, but I have a feeling that it won't be concluded until after 12 noon today. Oh, that would be so unfair. Yeah. That would be so unfair. But, you know, Glenn Beck, he'll be up in a few. Sean Hannity will follow. Randy Tobler after that. So it will get covered. It will get covered. The uh, city that has the most rats is not Washington, D.C. The city with the most rats... Well, actually, Brian, that's not right. The city with the most rats is Washington, D.C. The city with the most rodents is Chicago. Uh, The Windy City remains the most rodent-infested American city for yet another year, according to Orkin. Uh, They dubbed Chicago uh, the the rattiest city. They released their (laughs) rankings on Monday. Chicago is it. 
So all the major urban areas, I, I used to work for a, a company that sold fasteners. I was in my early 20s, and I sold industrial fasteners. And there was a, a place on the banks of the Cuyahoga River in downtown Cleveland. It's in an area we call the Flats. And it was called Cereal Foods Processors. And what they did is they ground, uh, they ground wheat to make flour. flour. And I'm sure I'm pretty sure it was a pretty big outfit. And I know that uh, you know it, certainly the market in in uh, Northeast Ohio was saturated by them. Uh, they may have even uh, sold their flour nationwide. But I would go there about every other week, and there was a sign on the door. It was at the bottom of the door. You know they have those big kick plates. Yes. Uh, that was a black, white, and red sign. And I still remember the sign. It said, keep door closed, rodent entrance. <laughs> Man, I, I'm not sure I'd patronize that business. Well, when you went inside, it was, it was remarkably clean. I mean, the floor looked like you could eat off of it. But the fact is that <clears throat> you, know, you can imagine what kind of rats hang around yeah. uh, the, the banks of the Cuyahoga River. <laughs> I never needed the door handle to get in there once. The door was always open. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I guess Roden said uh, they were getting healthy there. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the guys uh, that worked there, I can remember him telling me they had to stop. He had a tow motor. He had to stop to let the rat go by. <laughs> That's like, oh, God. Um, but it is Chicago, not Cleveland, not New York. Uh, Los Angeles and New York flip-flop this year. The former, its ranking rose to second place. The latter became the third rattiest, according to the uh, pest control company. Um, you know you know, could fix this, Brian? Steve. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. If Steve would just open up a franchise in Chicago, uh, it would uh, embarrass, uh, Dal- it would endear- it embarrass uh, New York and Los Angeles. The three metro areas behind uh, those uh, didn't see their uh, spots on the list change at all. Uh, number six was Philadelphia. Baltimore came in seven. Denver came in eighth, according to Oregon. So that's that's the list. You know, that that explains it, Brian. That's why Columbia isn't on the list. Uh, because of Steve. That's true, yeah. Steve's pest control. Weren't for Steve, we, we might have come in much higher on the list. Might have shown up. Uh, I'm kind of surprised in the headline of this uh, particular story that they didn't spell it demo crat with a capital R. But oh, that's just me. No, you can't do that. Can't man. do that? No. Oh, no, okay. no. What is the matter with you? <laughs> Good Lord, man. 874-9390, toll-free numbers 800-529-5572. Uh, we are waiting. The uh, not voting is... You know, it's funny. It's, uh, time remaining is zero. Um, Your TV might be behind because actually, I was on the interwebs, and that might be oh, the problem. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I could just look up here. It's right on the other side of your TV, and yeah, you <laughs> got a rewinder is. in there. Yeah, uh, but we'll see. I I think this guy is going to make it. I think he's going to be the speaker. I think the Republicans are desperate to get things moving, and it's it's really about time. 
Steve Moore has a piece of the uh, Daily Caller. It's, it's uh, what the geniuses in the Biden administration fail to understand. And he's talking about uh, the funding that China and Russia uh, uh, and the Middle East uh, terrorists are getting. And the reason they're getting money, and this only makes sense an economist would point this out. They're missing the larger point. Uh, right now, our debt is uh, the nation's most urgent and clear and present danger. And so we really need to curtail spending. But if you really want to start picking up revenue, you want the economy to hum and you want it to hum without increasing debt or without, uh, without inflation. And if you also want to hurt uh, Russia uh, and the Middle East countries that are raising money for terrorism, you want to produce as much oil as you can. So all the Biden administration needs to do to move in the right direction anyway is start drilling for oil. Start And, and, and again, and I've mentioned this before, you don't actually have to successfully drill the oil today. It doesn't have to come out of a well somewhere tomorrow in order to affect oil prices. All you have to do is announce, we're going for it. We are going to drill and refine. And as soon as that happens... Other countries start lowering their prices. OPEC doesn't want us to drill for oil. OPEC wants to discourage that. Right now, they don't have to worry. They can, they can do whatever they want with their prices for oil because they know there's no competition. As soon as we tell them there's going to be competition, they start lowering their prices because they want to discourage it. They want to lower their prices so much that it isn't worth spending money to drill for more oil. Hey, we got it coming right out of the tap. We'll just lower the price. When they lower the price, Russia doesn't get anywhere near as much when it exports. Neither does Iran. And at the same time, you're making the economy here in the United States that much stronger. I know it seems like such a simple, easy-to-work plan to fix our economy, and to keep the funding for the bad guys uh, restricted. But apparently, Democrats don't get it. All right, we got to take a break. We're going to come back and wrap it up. It's the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. 1151, glad to have you with us. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572. I hesitate to go into this because occasionally I hear from people who have uh, attention uh, deficit disorder and uh, they get an Adderall or they get the Adderall prescribed for their children who have the problem and it seems to work. I'm not a big fan of it. I understand some people say it works for them and and that's fine. I, I don't care what you do. It's your body. Feel free. But apparently because of this Middle East uh, conflict, we aren't getting uh, the Adderall prescriptions. Apparently Israel cranks out one, uh, 25% of what we get, I think one in four, uh, of uh, generic and branded uh, uh, Adderall pills. 
And I didn't realize that it's an amphetamine, but apparently it is. I, I guess I didn't, uh, I didn't care enough <laughs> to, to look into exactly what it was. I, I just never liked the idea of prescribing drugs because kids weren't concentrating or they were misbehaving. Because we did that in school, and there are a lot of kids that misbehaved in school. And they didn't need drugs back then or use drugs to get it under control. But apparently, it is an amphetamine, and these kids are growing up, and they are addicted to it, and they can't get it because of this conflict in the Middle East. So what are they doing? They're getting methamphetamines off the street. They're, they're, if they can't get it at a drugstore, a prescription drug, a pharmaceutical that is, you know, from a reputable manufacturer... They're going to the streets and buying meth. Where have we heard that before? Something that sounds uh, familiar to me, you know? Oh, yeah, uh, opioids. Uh, when people can't get opioids because some, uh, some legislative body decided uh, that we're going to regulate who gets what and... and uh, you're afraid to go to the doctor for a prescription, you go to the streets. Uh, a licensed social worker in New York who counsels people on uh, who use uh, drugs uh, had a conversation with the Daily Beast. And his clients that have ADHD but have never tried meth before have started inquiring about safer meth use, inquiring about the effects, saying, I can't get my medication. I need to find something to help me function. Turns out, it's just like withdrawal from any drug. Uh, they can't concentrate. Uh, they have a hard time. Uh, they get headaches. Uh, they have a hard time uh, accomplishing tasks. And we're, we're giving this to kids. We're giving, we're giving these drugs to kids. Amphetamines. I know, I know there are some of you out there right now saying, well, you know what, my kid was acting up in school and couldn't concentrate and I got him this Adderall and they're doing terrific. I, I think there's a better way. I think there's a better way to accomplish getting your kids to concentrate and to uh, behave in, in school. And one of them is to not have them in government schools. By the way, they are apparently uh, taking speeches now for the next speaker vote. Uh, they're nominating and I'm not sure what time the vote is, although I am positive we won't be on the air when it happens. I think, I think they've got it. I think it's going to happen. Uh, we will finally have a Speaker of the House. I just say that because I looked up at this TV set, Brian, and there they are, giving their nominating speeches. You know, they all, every Republican already knows everything there is to know about this guy. Why don't they just have one person say, here's who I nominate. Uh, let the Democrats come up with who they want to nominate, Hakeem Jeffries, and then let's go vote. And we could get this over with mm -hmm. in a matter of minutes. Yeah. But no, they're going to get on there and bloviate and talk about what they did when they were born, uh, what grade <laughs> school they went to, uh, and their favorite dessert. And it predictably, and look at this, you predictably, uh, when it's a Republican speech, uh, the Republicans all stand up and applaud. The other side remains silent and sitting down. That's just so stupid. It's tiring, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, anyway, we'll. Uh, 
I am sure be able to keep you up to up to date because we've got Glenn Beck uh, coming up and then Sean Hannity and uh, Randy Tobler after that. Tomorrow morning, it is uh, Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. And where is he? I don't see him. He, uh... Did I he leave? I, no, not yet. In fact, uh, he just heard his name. He's running in the... Oh, there he is. Man, never miss a good opportunity to market yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Rathert, uh, you know what? If you love Brandon's show, and I do, you got, uh, what, two days left to hear the most talented morning show I have followed in my entire life. You know, that's been one of the best, you know, people saying some of your favorite moments on the show and some of the best compliments to them. The best compliments that I've ever received in radio came from, number one, the general manager of the Zimmer Radio Group, and that was Carla Li- uh, Lively. That was... Uh, Libel. Libel. <laughs> She was one of your fans. <laughs> not mess not that now. one up. <laughs> uh, but it, one of the greatest cons, two of the greatest compliments, uh, she said, and this was several years ago, she says, Brandon, we want you to retire here uh, and always move. It was just a great compliment. And then the compliment that you have said over the years, because, you know, I know you've been in New York City. You've been through other markets and people. I knew who you were before I ever came here. And, and to have somebody like Gary Nolan to say, man, what an honor it is to follow that show. Because in the whether it's TV or radio, you always want to have a good lead in. And, and that has meant the world to me to hear Gary Nolan say that. It is equally disappointing to hear that my dad's favorite talk show is the Gary Nolan show. <laughs> oh, that's not true. Come on. But listen, uh, we got two more days uh, to listen to the dulcet tones of your voice. Uh, And are you going to do any best of stuff? Yeah, so uh, Friday, obviously, you know, we're still going to cover the news and how it affects people and things like that. But we'll dip in and out of some of the, uh, the, the the favorite moments from over the years. And it's hard, you know, to compile that. But I've had so many, you know, fun moments, memorable moments on air and events off air. As a matter of fact, he was just playing audio at the time. We had political consultants. Somebody worked in the Clinton administration. Dick Morris was talking about predictions for the presidency. And John Marsh asked him, well, what happened in 2012 when you predicted Mitt Romney? He said, well, there was a hurricane that year. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. pissed him off myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I won't be listening on Friday. I'll, I'll have a box of Kleenex and I'll be, uh, you know, just crying uh, that you're leaving. <laughs> Uh, and you are going to uh, work with the uh, attorney general? Yeah, I'll be working in the communications department with uh, with the attorney general's um, office in Jefferson City. Well, they're going to have lots of laughs and lots of great information. I think you're going to do very well. Best of luck to you. Take care. Thanks, bud. I appreciate you. All right. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.